Timothy chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, should be one close to you under the chairs in front of you, or maybe there's one on your phone. Grab it, 1 Timothy chapter 6. When you came in, you were given a worship guide. On the back of the worship guide is some blank space for you to be able to take some notes. If the Lord is stirring you for that, being able to jot some things down. We're continuing uh, this uh, series through generosity, dealing one, first and foremost, with the issue of stress in our lives. And I'd say stress, especially as it's related to finances in our lives. And as we're heading in, Black Friday is around the corner. We feel lots of stress in this season, especially with the issue of money. And so we're tackling this issue of how does God see money? What does he want to say about it? And we got a, we've had a, a couple of weeks to talk through that this morning. We're just going to continue to explore his heart of generosity and what that actually means for us in, in maybe ways that have nothing to do with money. And so uh, that's what we're going to explore this morning. I'm going to pray and just ask for God's presence here uh, as we do this. Father, um, we recognize that um, we need you. And we, we, we can be in a place where we feel like you're a million miles away, but what is resounding in each one of us is that we, we don't have what it takes, not alone. Whatever it is in life that's going on, what we have all discovered is that we are in desperate need of something greater, bigger, more wonderful, and the answer is you. So we're asking that you'd show us who you are. Would you display a part of your heart in and among us this morning? Would you show us your generous heart, what it means for us, how we can be in partnership with you? We thank you, God. Would you speak to us through your word in Jesus' name? Amen. Okay, there are uh, <clears throat> inevitably, in the course of a day, we have, there are just hundreds, hundreds of decisions we all have to make every day. All kinds of decisions that lead to other decisions. And oftentimes, all of those uh, questions that we have to answer, decisions that we have to make, lead to stress uh, all the time. And we're constantly faced with choices. Uh, we feel it all the time, you know, especially in political seasons, like we just have all these, you know, political candidates and commercials and all this stuff, and there's stuff that's stressful all the time. This is, we have const- this is constantly coming at us. There is one decision I feel like it trumps all the other decisions in terms of the stress that it creates. It's one I think that most people have faced. Uh, if you have a friend, a roommate, a, a spouse, this is, this is the, one th- the one decision that's constantly nagging at us and that we will forever, I think, struggle with. And that the question is, is where do you want to eat? Where do you want to eat? That is the big, that's one of the biggest stressors of all time. And if you've ever been, a, you know what I'm talking about. You're trying to act churchy right now, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Because you ask the question, hey, where do you want to eat tonight? If you decide to listen, don't have the energy to cook up the, in the wok or whatever you cook with. I don't know. Does anybody cook with a wok? Is it good? Okay. I don't know why I said that, but you're, you don't have enough energy to use the, the wok this week. And so you, you're going, okay, we're going to go eat somewhere. And inevitably the husband says to the wife, well, where do you want to eat? And what she says is, you know what? I don't know. Why don't you pick? And then what happens is you go, okay, what about this place? And you know what she says? No, I don't want to eat there. 
And it's an ongoing battle. And this is what we do all the time with our lives. We have these constant conversations that bring constant uh, questions and stresses. And there are all kinds of stresses we face. Some of them have to do with the issue of money. Some of them don't. But what we discover is this, is there, there are things deep in our soul that cause uh, a lot of anxiety or worry. There are th- in fact, there are things that we worry about that go well beyond like, uh, where are we going to eat? There are things that go well beyond like even, are, do we, are we going to make enough money for this week? And I, I'd say this, there are things that go way deeper into the soul, well, that go well beyond, uh, are we going to be able to uh, make uh, rent this month? Or are we going to be able to afford those new shiny boots? There are things that go much deeper than that. Because part of stress that we experience really isn't just about money. Even the things that we need to provide in our lives, it doesn't have to do just with money. In fact, I think it's actually the issue of purpose. Purpose is at uh, uh, the center of, I think, a lot of the decisions that we make in life. And when the issue of purpose, what are we doing, is not defined, it inevitably will create stress in our lives. One of my, uh, I've, I mentioned that I think in here before, but I love Westerns. A good Western is like, it's just a gift from above. That's just how I feel about it, okay? And one of my favorite Westerns, there's a scene in a movie called Open Range, and it's a Western. And uh, the short of it is there's these really horrible guys that are running the city. And these guys are innocently coming through the city, and the horrible guys want to kick the good guys out. And the good guys are trying to make their way through it, and they're talking with some of the people of the town, and they're looking at the people of the town, and they say this, listen, why, why don't you deal with these bad guys that are running the city. And they're like, hey, man, if we deal with these bad guys, I mean, we, could, we could get killed if we deal with these bad guys. And the guy looks at, the good guy looks at the townspeople, and he says, well, you know what? Sometimes there's something that sticks in a crawl, it sticks in a man's crawl worse than dying. So some, sometimes there's things that mess with you that are worse than the issue of dying. And, it's, <clears throat> and, and what he's talking about is what are you doing with your life? What's the point? What are we actually trying to accomplish? There are things that sit deeper in our conscience, and it goes well beyond do we think we're going to be able to afford the, the stuff out there. What sits deep in our soul is the question, what am I doing? What are we, what are we doing? What, what is my life really about? What is the purpose of my life. I mean, what am I actually trying to accomplish? What is the thing that resonates inside of me when the sun sets on our life, when this whole thing is over, what will we have been about? And I, I bet, I don't even think you have to be, you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus in here to want deep down in your soul to have mattered in this life. God has put this thing inside of every one of us. It's innate. We're made in the image of God, and so God set this thing down inside of us, and he's saying, listen, you were made for something so much more than just existing from week to week or month to month. In fact, I think every one of us said, probably at some point in time felt the consternation of uh, knowing, listen, if we're just sliding, through, if we're coasting through life, it's, it's not okay. We want more. 
What will I have meant in this life when it's all said and done? That's the deeper issue that actually informs every decision we make. We make. We've been talking about some of the stress related to the, the, the income or the money that we have or how do we deal with these things, but I'm here to say this. Listen, there's a deeper question that informs how we use dollars, and it's what are we here for? What do we actually do? What, what do we want our lives to be about? That, is, that begins to inform everything about us. So much of the stress that we experience is related to uh, answering that question. So much beyond what we can purchase. In fact, Jesus talks about, he says in Matthew 6, we'll throw it up on the screen, I've turned there. Matthew 6 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's making a link. He's making the connection. Here's what he's saying is, listen, the issue of what you spend is an issue that it, 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 he actually says, it um, shows what's going on in your heart. How you spend your resources, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. It's the one that exposes, says, this, has, this is where your heart is. Whatever it is that you're spending your resource on, that's the thing that shows where your heart is. So here's what he's, he's saying is, listen, this decision is linked to the, uh, the issue of the soul. It's not just about X's and O's or dollars. And so uh, he said, listen, there, where your resource goes is a reflection of where your heart is. Now, I want you to look at, at the text you've opened to in 1 Timothy chapter 6. So Paul is writing a, a letter to Timothy, and he's giving him uh, instruction in terms of the leadership of the church. And I love what he has to say here because he's going to deal with, he's going to deal with those that have, he's going to talk, he's talking to those that have money, but he's going to go way past the money. He's going to go to purpose. So look at this. He says, listen, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Flip over to verse 17. As for the rich, in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Now, let me just stop here. Uh, <clears throat> I love where he says, listen, I, I, I have instruction for those who are rich. And it, the, the temptation for us in this room is to go, that's not me, I'm not rich. I'm not rich. I, I, I want you to know this, and, and many of you, I know uh, I've gotten this talk to many, many of you have had the opportunity to travel the world. Listen to me. Every, every person in this room is rich. And what I mean by that is, listen, if you make, if, 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 you, if your income is, exceeds, if you're in that bracket of making more than $32,000 a year, if your income exceeds that, you are in the top 1% of income earners in the entire earth. Entire earth. If you, if you make $50,000, you're in the top, listen, 0.3% of income earners in the entire earth. So uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I won't, I won't go back into it. You're more than willing to, uh, welcome to grab the, the message online. But what he's saying here is, listen, God has graciously uh, given resource to the country that we live in. And so he's saying, listen, for those that are rich in this present age, he's talking to me and he's talking 
to this group here. We may not have a ton. You might not feel like, listen, as it relates to someone else, I really don't have a lot. But in the scope of the entire earth, which, by the way, God's a global, I don't know if you knew this, but God's not just an American God. It's weird. No, I'm just, you know, it's, it's a little facetious, maybe just a little bit biting, but the truth is this. God has, God has a globe, seven billion people his heart's burning for. And so he just has an instruction to people who have means. And I, I, I so thank God, I love God, that he, he thinks this way. He has a word of encouragement. Here's what he says. Listen. Don't, he says, first, just listen. And I love this about the heart of the Father. This is the heart of the Holy Spirit. Don't, for those of you who are rich, by the way, he doesn't say, listen, stop being rich or boo on you for being or having wealth or, or making income. That's not what he's saying. Look at what he says. Don't become prideful. So he goes right to the heart. I just want to talk to your heart. Don't let this thing destroy you. Don't become arrogant. Don't let your heart get set in this way. And look, it says, church and not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Now, this is a, you hear the good father? Just go and listen. I know what the temptation is going to be for you. Is you're going to set your hope in your ability to make budget. And he just wants to say, listen, please don't put your hope in that, but put your hope on God. And he says that for this reason, because you never know how life is going to be. We don't ever, there's one thing that's a rock. There's one thing that's eternal. It's Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Everything else can be shaken. So here is an instruction from a good God saying, listen, everything can be shaken. Set your hope on the rock. Put it on him. Why? Because he richly provides with us with everything. Now look at what he says. To enjoy. I think so often the message in the church is just so wrapped up in like angry God and if you have money you need to give it all away and, you're, and, and just so and here's what he's saying is listen put your hope in God because he's the one who's going to give you everything you need for what? Joy. Joy. He's ripping apart this weird <clears throat> thing we have with money where we tend to worship it in a culture that has a lot of it and he's saying listen I will be the source of joy for you. Don't put it in something that, will, that, that you don't have a guarantee for tomorrow. I mean, I love, love, love the heart of God. I love his heart in saying this. Don't become prideful. Don't become arrogant. Set your hope in something that's powerful and right because your hope is in God who provides joy. Now look at this. Now, here's just nuts and bolts Incredible instruction. 1 Timothy 6, verse 18. He's telling Timothy, tell tell them this. Listen, they're to do good and to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is 
truly life. Truly life. What an incredible instruction here. Here's what he says. For those that have resource, listen, do good. Now, I love this about, again, he's gonna pull the thing away from the spending of money, and here's what he's gonna go right to the heart. He says, put your hand to changing the earth around you. That everything that we've been given, the the point and the purpose is make a difference in the world around you. Do good. This is a calling back to purpose. This isn't angry shouting. This isn't a God who's angry or flustered about riches. Let me tell you, God owns all of it. We said that last week. God owns it all. I mean, you talk about rich. God's rich. God's not afraid of rich. He isn't angry at rich. What he's saying is his resource is meant to shift the world, change the world around you, to do something, to make a difference in the lives of people. Do good. Make a difference. He's going back to purpose. This is what we were always made for. Everything keeps pointing back to that deeper issue, not just what should I spend my money on, what's the right way to utilize my money, am I making sure that I'm tithing to the church, make sure I'm doing all those things, the, the money out here. We talked about, those are all incredible, real biblical truths we all want to walk in. That's amazing. But what he's pulling back to is a heart condition. And he's saying, listen, do what you were made and designed to do. You are made for more. You're certainly more than an income earner for your family. You are made to touch the earth. To do works, to, to put your hand to something, to get them maybe just a little bit dirty. I love, when I think about that, that the term do, to do good works, it goes, to, it goes in my mind back to Ephesians 2. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared when? Before you were ever born, that we should step into it, walk in it, do it. If you're, listen, as sure as you are taking breath in your lungs here this morning, you have been designed by God to make a difference for his name's sake and glory, period. It's carved out for us. God has carved out and defined purpose and meaning to be rich in good works. We may be, again, to get our hands a little dirty, to be generous and to share. I love that. That's what he says. So he says, do be, be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share. Generous, generous heart. Why thus storing up for themselves? Storing up treasure for themselves. So listen, the desire to build uh, wealth or to build treasure, right? Or, I mean, just, hey, just like retirement or whatever. There's not a wrong, this is not a wrong heart thing. He's just saying, listen, just be careful that everything you're working towards is about a treasure that is eternal. It goes on forever. Let that be the thing that's shaping the, everything that you're doing. All right, take care of your kiddos. It's good. Have a home. Have food. Enjoy vacation. But everything you do has got to be coming out of what am I designed for forever? There is a treasure that's coming. God's building a treasure for each one of us. 
It's what he's doing. And he's calling us into that partnership. That treasure, we get to build in partnership with him. And so there, when we start talking about this issue, we start talking about this issue, inevitably, what he's actually dealing with goes well beyond dollars and money. And we've gotten an opportunity to talk about those things. But there's a couple other things that I just want to highlight for us as it pertains to generosity of heart. Um, one of the, I think, one of those freeing things to remember about God is to recognize that there are multiple resources that God has given to us that we were meant to give away. So if you'll think on this for a moment, the God of the universe, for all that call on him, call on the name of Jesus for life, for hope, for salvation. I want you to hear this. I need to think about this. The God of the universe has made his home inside of you, made his home inside of us, which, which means this, that you and I are a major, major, we have a major wealth of resource to give away, emotionally, spiritually, to a world that's desperate for it. What do I mean by that? I mean, so often we feel like we're just, we, we, we operate as though we, have, we don't have a lot emotionally. Maybe we feel like we're falling short. And what God is saying is, listen, I've given to you the Holy Spirit, everything you need to give away, to be rich in love for those that aren't lovable, or to be rich in mercy, to be rich in forgiveness. But we, you know, we were meant to give away the mercy and forgiveness, right? Rich in integrity, like everything you need for your job or to work as unto your boss. You rich, we have, we're rich in integrity, rich in care, rich in empathy. All these things are in the Holy Spirit. He's granted to each one of us. So as it comes to what we give away, it goes, and as it comes to being rich in good works and doing uh, what God has called us to be and do, one of the things we have to remember is it's not just dollars that God has granted to us in this nation. What he's given us is his Holy Spirit that's meant to make a difference. Man, let me just say this. There's a world that is just desperate to find somebody that cares. Just a world that's desperate to see somebody be kind or merciful. A world that's desperate to hear stories of forgiveness. A world that's desperate to see somebody stand for righteousness. All of those things are authored by the Holy Spirit. He's ready to give those away from you. If God has made his home inside of you, then he is ready to give himself away through you, through me. It's what he wants to do. God's eager to give himself away in ways that go well beyond dollars, and he wants us to be in partnership with us. We've got so much resource in him. Um, there's another resource that uh, we all have, uh, and, and we all have the exact same amount. In fact, um, there's been like a couple of royal weddings 
recently, royal, royal weddings. How many of you have ever gotten up super early to watch a royal wedding? Anyone? Come, come on. It's like, yeah, okay, of course you have. It's, it's mostly females, all right? All right, the guys would not, you wouldn't even throw your hand up even if you did do that, right? Okay, yeah, really? Your husband got out with you? All right, that's amazing. All right, so we're, we're taking marital lessons from you guys. Okay, that's good, okay? All right. You see all the pageantry. You're looking at the dresses. They're making commentary about the dresses. This whole thing, this, all this goes on. It's right, it's amazing. You've set up your tea set, and, all, and you're doing, right, whatever. You know, you do, you've done this thing. And you're watching, and you're seeing these, ama- you know, you're seeing these amazing people and their amazing lives. Awesome. And you think of them in otherworldly terms. And we do this often. We'll do this with movie stars or whatever. And you do this, but you look at people in all these otherworldly terms, and you think about their lives. And then just, if you're able to just for a minute back out of it for a second and think about this, these are human beings. And guess what? They exist in the exact same time frame as you do. I mean, there's one resource that a royal doesn't have any more than you do, and that's hours. Hours in a day. What, <clears throat> what each of us have the exact same amount in here, and let me tell you, I'm going to press on something that's a little painful for the average American because we're so busy. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have one more or one less hour than Prince Harry or Prince William or whatever their names are. All right. Every one of us is afforded the exact same amount of time. And here, this is the resource that God's asking us to, to consider. What is it that we're doing with those hours? What is it that we're doing with the time that we've been given? Nobody has extra time. There's no special person that gets an extra moment on the earth. We all have the exact same amount. The issue is this. What are you doing with the time? Because there are a ton of things that can move us around. All kinds of stuff that can pull us in a hundred different directions, things we can spend our time doing. And in fact, my guess is, um, you've probably had a conversation in the last two weeks. Hey, how you doing? Oh my gosh, so busy, so swamped. As we wear it like a badge, you know. In fact, if you're in America and you don't say super busy, but if anybody like asks you, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? Everything going okay? And you're like, yeah, man, I feel great. I'm, I've got my time managed perfectly. They're gonna be like, eh, there's you. There's clearly something wrong with you. You know. The, the tendency is to think, like, if you aren't stressed to the max on your time, it's just because you've not made enough of your life. And the answer and the truth is this. This is, a, this is a resource God has given to us that have anything to do with dollars. And God and, and our purpose gets to define what we do at this time. And if we don't know what our purpose is, if we've not asked the question, Lord, what is my life supposed to be about? We'll get jerked in a thousand different directions told we have to do it this way or that way. And I've seen it, and I'm going to tell you. Um, and let me tell you why this is important. Because institutions rest on this issue, Me- meaning this. I'll give you one. Uh, kids can just consume all the time in the world. 
They can, they, let me tell you right now, kids have no end of the need for time. Their ability to consume time, the resource of time, is inexhaustible. I mean it. They can, they can chew it all up. They can eat it all. Listen, I've seen with my own eyes marriages fall apart because all the time was invested in the kids. Now, listen, I'm all about, I love my kiddos. I'm ready to spend time with them. Um, my daughter is on a regular basis, wants to just constantly uh, jump on me and wrestle and pounce on my face. That's all that she wants to do. <laughs> I love doing that. But listen, listen, there is a call on your life. You have a spouse in this place that is necessary to address. And kids' activities can pull you in a thousand different directions, and all of a sudden you haven't done anything with marriage in forever. And that's not okay. I use that as an, one example of many ways God's granted to us, God's given to us resources, resources beyond what we could even imagine. And the question is, is what is our purpose? What are we doing with our lives and answering this issue? I thank God for all the things that he's granted to us, but the question is, is are we using it? Are we asking that question regularly? I, lo- I love, um, I wanna just put something on, on every, our radar and we're gonna get a chance to hear from a couple other people in our church. God is moved. listen, God is moving all over the earth. It's unbelievable. It's fantastic. If you haven't tasted the work of God outside of the four walls of America, I'm telling you, this is something that you've maybe missed out on, that God is, God is wanting to draw our hearts to be used all over the earth. We want, to have, we, want our, we want this church body to have every chance to make a difference in the nation's we want to make a difference in the nations. We want this church to be, we believe this church is meant to be a resource to the nations. I'm so thankful for that call that we have on our lives, that we're meant to make a profound impact for the gospel all over the earth by sending others and by going ourselves. But the call is nonetheless for every person, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, that's the call from Jesus, and he's called us to do that. And so we want to be faithful, and we want to practice that. And so um, one of the great things that God's put in our heart to do is that uh, this church is called to tithe, if you will, to the nation. So everything that you give here, everything that you give, 10% of everything that comes here is going straight out to local outreach and missions. We also, in the back, have a disaster relief uh, a basket. So uh, we partner with Samaritan's Purse. Many of you have seen the devastation of both hurricanes that came through or the wildfires that are going on in California. You've been burdened by it. You're not sure what to do about it. We felt that as well. And so uh, we have a basket. Anything that you want to be able to, you can uh, give to New River Fellowship 100% of what's given to New River Fellowship for uh, those uh, disaster relief efforts will go to Samaritan's Purse. They're doing incredible work. We love them as an organization. Everything they do is at, based out of the gospel, and so we love what they're doing and partnering that way. So if you're interested in partnering that way, and then ultimately, we want us just to be praying. Would you just pray, God, send, God, uh, do your work. Would you 
but, but we, let's be a praying people. You can come tonight. We're going to be spending a little bit of our time tonight praying and asking God to touch the world and touch the nations. And so if you want to learn more about the guys that shared this morning, they both have tables uh, at the back. If you guys would stand with us, uh, we're going to just close out. I'm going to pray the heart of God and his generosity over us this morning and just uh, orienting our lives around the purpose that God has made in our lives. We want to be faithful to do that. Uh, would you just pray with me? In fact, if you, just, uh, if you feel comfortable, just you can put your hands out like in an attitude of receiving because I don't think we can't be generous until we receive first. And so we want to receive it and then be able to give it. Father, we're asking right now. We have open hands first to say we're not going to clutch anything in this life. We're not going to grab hold of anything other than that which you have given to us to hold on to. And we know ultimately, Father, it's your heart and your purposes. That's what we want to hold on to. We want to be about receiving all that you have to give and walking in generosity. God, so would, Lord, we just unashamedly say, be generous. Lord, show, give your heart of generosity to us. Lord, take care of every need. Some of you have real financial needs even now. Ask him. Lord, you're the one who gives graciously for our enjoyment. So for those of you, and, and, uh, for those of you that are in a place of need right now financially, don't, don't hesitate, just ask. God, would you pour out right now in Jesus' name, we ask. And Lord, for those in ways that you're giving to us, in fact, we trust you for everything, God, as you give to us, Lord, would you open our hands to also give. Give of our time, give of our heart, give of our prayers, give of our resource, whatever it is, Lord, would we be generous people for your namesake and glory. God, thank you for this time. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys, blessings. We'll see you tonight, five o'clock.